All right. Let's get it, guys. All right. Uh, 39, <clears throat> 8, 39, 30. Shit, that sounded good. Mm-hmm. It did. That is a good move. Time that is. Uh, Joel, I, uh, you're editing this week, correct? Or no? Uh, unless you're offering otherwise. You know that all you got to do is say, can you edit, and I will edit. You <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Okay. Ready? What's no, good? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh-huh. What's good, Internet, and welcome to Session 59 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your host and best beta beatdown bro, Balix Obrona. <laughs> yes, I may I missaid my name for the alliteration. Suck it. With me, as always, is Beta Avoider Joel DeWitt. Hey, Joel, remember that one time you and Getty dodged my assignments? I don't know what you're talking about. I always attend our meetings and synergize the workflow to assure maximum gaming. I was going to argue that, but the phrasing is hard to debate. Well, at least I can say we have a beta hater, Eric Getty Gettinger, on hand with us, as always. How many of these games did you avoid, Getty? Uh, what are all of the games, Alex? That's not good, man. <laughs> at least three of these you have to talk about. I'm going to wing it. Damn it. This week, we put off our video game homework, skipping the backlog blog, find some Easter eggs, slide into the DMs of the news, and in early adopters, we're going to talk about alphas, betas, and mostly undead topics. Early adopters. It's a beta bonanza, y'all. Been using B sounds all day. Steve's going to be pissed. The first game that uh, we're bringing to the table is Pode. Pode. The one undead game that we... Or the one non-undead game? Yes. And then it's Pode, Pode or Pode? It's P-O-D-E. How, do, how would you guys pronounce Pode? I've been saying Pode. Pode? I think it stands for Payable on Death, right? No. P-O-D-E. <laughs> There's an E at the end. Oh. Not that rap rock band. Not the rap rock band. So, Pode is a co-op puzzle game. That, have Joel, have you played Brothers? No. Okay. Getty, you ever played Brothers? I have not, but I played a ton of Pode. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you go solo or did you go uh, with a partner? Come on, man. <laughs> you know I don't have anybody to play with me here. Uh, <laughs> I did solo, which right. I want to throw in here. Solo uh, control options, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh, I actually okay. Had, uh, I had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, Alex, you were saying that it's, it's, yeah, it's probably better played co-op, but what so, it is... Uh, is Joel, it? it's it's very much like um, Brothers or that other game that they made, uh, A Way Out, where it is two people with two separate abilities moving forward, solving puzzles that end up taking two people. In this game, you're a cutely little fire star sprite and a rock, like a little rock monster, and they become best friends. And then you use your capabilities to grow plants, grow r- crystals and figure out puzzles the flame gets the ability to teleport and make a, a position they can revert back to the rock guy can eat the star guy and 
spit them back out and shoot out starlight and from there you just have to figure out the puzzles that are moving forward hmm. getty does that kind of break it down my experience was slightly different because i played single player mm-hmm. my uh, little like sun spark kind of guy he had floaty ability but oh yeah my rock monster he did have the ability to like eat stuff and spit it back out i only made it through the first intro area and then one of the regular areas of the game so daddy when you're playing this does it play more like the lost vikings or something like that where you're having to uh, move one character to a spot and then switch over to controlling the next character to put them into position and utilize their activity or ability so there's a couple of different ways you can go about it playing solo either i can have one of the characters jump on the other one's back and move them both into a position, but there's certain tiles that only the little rock monster can stand on in order to activate them. Okay. So at the end of one of the areas, what I what I found out is like, oh, look, you have to match up all the symbols to this area to move forward. The rock monster can stand on the tiles, but there's no apparent answer. So after messing around for a little bit, I realized that I'd be able to move the other character to a position where he could find the answers. But there's uh, one option where I can activate both of the characters and they'll walk hand in hand next to each other. Yep. And uh, if they're across the map from each other, then they'll like magnetize and the one that you're not controlling will pull itself your direction. But it'll also like if you hit the jump button, both of them will jump at the same time. So you can overcome like some of the problems if there's a lip that you can't get over from regular walking. That's what that's for. Mm Mm-hmm. When we're playing like two player, it doesn't really do a whole lot hmm. because like there's no magnet, there's no magnet, like the line is there, but we don't magnetize because we're both in complete unique control. Right. No, I, I thought this game was super cute. I enjoyed the puzzles from what I was progressing through uh, some of the like hidden elements of it. So each of the characters, it seems like there's different unlocks that you can try and achieve by you know, finding different things in the environment. Uh, but it I don't think it extends past just uh, like an achievement of finding all of the like hidden, hidden like little, I don't know if you saw them, Alex, they're like wisps. Yes. Yeah. There's so. wisps and there's also hidden. When you are the, the fiery character, you can, you, you're, each character, they essentially shine their power out by holding a button. And the light character, if you shine it against certain walls, symbols will appear. Those, there are also unique symbols in the levels. So you can, you can find more unique symbols and, and all over the place. And they do have different hidden messages and stuff. So yeah. it's like Care Bears where they're like projecting things off their stomach. <laughs> Not their stuff. It just like it radiates from them. Okay. So both of them. And there's actually doing the solo playthrough i can have one guy stand on the other and then he'll radiate or they can both radiate their like auras at the same time i'm enjoying this game i only was able to play through yeah like i said the intro in one of the levels but it's caught my interest uh being able to walk through some of the areas and activate the power you can see like plants grow or rock formations form up and then they affect the environment in such a way that you need it to progress and again there's like hidden messages that you can find the the reason getty is we're on i want to say the second half of the the world 
And that's where your spark guide gets the ability to teleport. You create a point of where he's standing, and then you can move around. Then if you like leave that point, you can revert back. So the puzzles become you going around, then having the like you create a point on a cliff that only that spark guy reached. Mm-hmm. Then jump down, have the rock guy eat him, and then when you teleport back, the rock guy comes with. Okay, so it sounds like the puzzles get even more complicated as you further further progress into the game. Hmm. Yeah, and there's a, there's some that the, the last one we solved, because we played this on Multiplayer Mondays, and it should be up on our YouTube channel now, there is one where we had to figure out organ notes. And it it took us a, a little bit, but one, we had to, we left and then came back, and it we just caught something. We saw something that we didn't see before, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, like the puzzle just like it was a really good aha moment that we both just kind of stared there for a second, and went, oh, okay, now we totally know how to solve this problem. I've definitely had a couple of those already in the game. Uh, when you get to uh, in that first level, there's like uh, growths that only the sun guy can activate, and it's like a lift. Or an elevator. So when I was jumping on those, I was like, uh, why doesn't the rock eye do anything? And then at some points, you actually have to have the rock eye jump on it so that it weighs it down. It's yeah. really... There's a lot going on in this game. I definitely like the art style, and I really... I don't mind calling it cute, because at the end of the introduction, it even says, like, holding hands... And the way that the characters interact with each other is just really pure and innocent. It's a lot of fun to play with right now. Yeah, and uh, Joel, I, I definitely recommend you and Kelly checking this one out. I think that you guys would like a good co-op puzzler once you're over Animal Crossing. Yeah, this this looks charming. And I, uh, I'm debating whether it's something that I should play with her or if I value my marriage. But... I'll think about it. Hey, man, do what you got to do. <laughs> Let me, if you got to play I, I by say, yourself, then. Vitamin Connection tested tested the marriage quite a bit. Pode was was actively pretty... It, it was a nice hug throughout the process, so it made it a little less frustrating. Uh, vitamin oh. Connection was was rough <laughs> oh, okay fair enough i uh one of the names that telly and i had fun with quite a bit actually was uh snipper clips and mm, okay. uh, that game had a lot of opportunity for sort of purposeful chaos or uh causing a lot of humor through messing up and fumbling does this have much of that happening here or does the sort of charm and cutesiness kind of cut through that I think that the the majority of it comes from the charm and cutesiness. There isn't a lot. There isn't. I, I wouldn't say there's any chaos so much, but there is a little bit of things don't necessarily have a weight to them because you could just jump off a cliff and you just, he, your character just hops right back up. Sure. Mm-hmm. So there is like a little bit like Beth fell like seven times in a row and that was kind of fun. But for the most part, every the puzzles are the puzzles and there's not a lot of, again, like adding wackiness to it. Okay. All right. It, it didn't seem like it was that kind of tone it was going for. I was just curious. Yeah. So that was Pode. I'm going to continue playing that one. I think we're going to do it not next multiplayer Monday, but the one after that. I think we're going to try to continue and maybe beat it. Oh, but, I'll, for, I'll for sure play through this too. I'll do solo mode so that I can actually come back and compare to what you guys have done. Yeah, and, and see what how you felt about going back and forth together versus 
okay, two minds going at it, you know, self-control. The funnier part was there's actually a button to swap, like swap places, and Ooh. yeah, but but again, it was it's on both controllers. So you both so have we to would both activate it. No, it's the opposite. Oh, Beth would activate it and they'd be like, "No, I'm no, I want to be the rock guy. I'm going oh, back." Oh, you don't you don't need consent. That's not no. good. I'm no. the rock monster. Yeah, so it was it was pretty funny. She she'd be like, "I want to be the rock monster." Okay, fine, fine. Okay, tell me before you take over. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of taking over, oh snap! My safe word is charm. <laughs> Mine's toboggan. Let's move on. <laughs> Getty, again, me and you. Did you get in on this? I did, but I didn't get to play as much. I've been, again... I played like three rounds, so it's totally fine. We played Resident Evil Resistance. The Resistance. I, I, know, the, I know the game is out, but I, I think I beta tested it at least when it when that trial period happened. You did. I've been screwing around in the tutorials and the practice matches. Okay. It's it's a little broken, but the way it goes is that it's a very much a saw game. It's saw. It's yeah. straight up Joel. Mm-hmm. It's you got to cut off your arm. Oh. Get ready. Wait, wasn't it a light in saw? There. It doesn't matter. It was his foot. It was his foot. <laughs> it depends okay. on which one you're talking about, because there's like eight of those movies. Fair. Joel, you have several cameras to look through, whoa, whoa. and you whoa, whoa. have the ability to spawn bear traps. Either uh, you're Mich- the mastermind or you're one of the peons caught in the maze. Oh, so, it's that kind of asyn- asynchronous uh, yes. multiplayer. Like yep. one so, versus four or five or six? One v four. You, okay. You can build bear traps and put them in the level. You can spawn a zombie, a single zombie. It's got a cooldown. You can spawn a, a machine gun on the camera you're on. You can't do multiple cameras. You have to pick the camera you're on. And your ultimate is that you can spawn Mr. X. Yep. And he's only live for, what, a minute and a half or something? In my experience, but he is mean. Yeah, we just, like, went back to the safe room and went, nope, nope, we're not going back out there. So you, they have... So who's Mr. Uh, X? Oh, yeah. Resident Evil 2 remake? Oh, okay. <laughs> no? Sorry. My okay. Bad. Did you hit Mr. that? Mr. X is a giant ultra mega zombie in a trench coat and detective hat and did they add that to the remake that wasn't originally in two right Mm, Mm. alex you played more of the original than i did i i don't remember him in two i i remember him being in there but not very much he wasn't to the extent that it was like a they made it more of a nemesis type element in re2 remake i see yes so he was in it, just not as much. So this is so, really striking the same time of court as like a Dead by Daylight or the Friday the 13th game, right? Except yes. you're less in control. Uh, at some points you can be more in control of the zombies or Mr. X. But for the most part, you're switching. If you're the mastermind, you're switching between camera angles. You're trying to plant traps. You're trying to make sure that those who are competing against you don't survive. Because as you damage them, the timer goes down. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if they figure out your traps and they progress through the level, then they gain more time. So <laughs> it's very, very timed elements. I've never played any of the other aforementioned games, but I 
I don't know if how the timing works for those. I don't. I, I'm not. I don't remember. So Dead, Dead by, Dead by Daylight much. was basically finding a way to escape the map if you're not the killer. No timer though. If there was, it wasn't meaningful for the few rounds I played. Like mm-hmm. the match ended long before if there was one. And then Friday the 13th was, it's a similar thing to Dead by Daylight, where one person's the Jason, everybody else is, are the camp counselors. Uh, Jason's job is to kill everybody. Counselor's job is to escape, or I think you can also, like, incapacitate Jason in that game. But well, Timing is everything in this. Okay. At least from what I played, Alex, you, you actually played against other people, so you tell me. The well, <laughs> well, I kind of it, it's interesting because they do they do the puzzle element to get to per stage, so you have to find three pieces of things that are randomly generated. Yeah, and then there's actually a shop. You find credits throughout the level that you can then buy upgraded weapons and health items and stuff like that. So you in that and plus that you also have to f- you have to watch how the how the the traps are laid out because again you just run into a room and everybody's like. Okay, I just got to search the room as fast as possible and get as much stuff. And then you see, like, you just see, like, four people climb into a bear trap. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, come on. Yeah, guys, calm down. Cut it out. Yeah. So, yeah, and you're playing online. So you just got to figure out that people are like, oh, I got to get as much loot as possible and buy these guns. And I'm like, well, you're also going to run into a zombie and get in your face bitten. I mean, I and, think that this would be a lot of fun if I was actually playing with people that I knew. I am yeah. very hesitant to play with a bunch of randos. It's always get, tough when you're playing a collaborative or cooperative game with people you don't know. Yeah. Like you're you're hoping for people who you're hoping to be queued up with people who know what they're doing and aren't playing for the first time. Uh, it sounds like there are in, are there like loot boxes or incentives or achievements that oh, you you have know that there are. So like oh yeah, of course. So think about how that can skew like the way people play. So like if one of the uh, objectives is like you know do this 25 times and then you get currency to buy something like think how that can mess with somebody's way they play if they're just trying to achievement hunt oh there so. totally are when i logged onto the servers for the first time uh i think it was monday was when i was testing it out there were definitely like a whole list of quests that you could be completing right now and it was to that extent it was like kill 15 zombies that are on the ground catch this many people in traps so it's definitely targeting people to do those different kinds of things which i'm yeah. i'm really not big on you know trying to get the cosmetics at the same time being able to shop from the crate like alex was saying there was a pretty good diversity of weapons that i was able to pick up there's melee and uh, firearms mm-hmm. so you could get like a pretty good bat to try and wail on stuff with uh, shooting is still the same kind of shooting that they had in the RE2 remake and the current RE3. So it's not... <laughs> it can be kind of challenging, but at the same time, um, it's not super difficult if you're patient. Okay. I also wanted to just bring up that they bring in he- like almost like hero classes. So there are f- what four characters to choose from. There are, yeah. And, and each one has abilities. So that's kind of a weird thing, but they each, they have, they, they, these abilities are the, you know, pros and cons of picking a character. The punk rock girl is a hacker, so she could send out a, sh- like a, an EMP that would short, the her ultimate would short all cameras and electronics, so 
it would take away the mastermind's ability to do anything for like 15 seconds or a couple of seconds yeah a couple of seconds or she could pick a camera and disable that one camera mm-hmm. for like like 30 seconds Actually, so you're i think they added a couple more alex i want to say that there might be six now i'm, I'm trying okay. to think back to when i played but it didn't feel i think that there was at least th- maybe three guys and two girls but yeah everybody has a different ability but i i really haven't played with it too much it is interesting though because they have almost like house in the woods oh yeah where each one has like a a type of person they are so mm-hmm. yeah the punk record i think there's like the football player and he can tackle <laughs> zombies yeah he's Just like, like the horror tank. movie stereotype uh, yeah kind of and and then yeah you go into these rooms and like the the basic tutorial that i, I and i saw this when i was playing was there is a car- cartoon character like Mouse, and it's a big statue. And you look at it, and it doesn't have an arm or a hat, or and it's missing an eye. And you have to go around the level, find his arm, find his hat, and find his eye, and put it together. And then you can open to the next portion of the level. And there's three levels that like go into from room to room to room. And there, each you know level has like five or six rooms, and the whole time. The mastermind is like, oh, right, spawn a turret gun. Now you all got to run and hide because I'm shooting you. Or, oh, there's a zo- I, I walk into a room. Oh, there's the arm. Oh, wait, there's a zombie now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, in every corner, you're like, oh, got to look for, make sure there's no uh, bear traps on the ground. Okay, good. You know, just move on. You know, that's how the game plays. That, that guy's try- constantly at every turn trying to take more minutes, more time off of your timer. So, and even if you die, you respawn. Just oh, your okay. timer goes down. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting wrinkle. Because, like, yeah. I think Dead by Daylight and Friday the 13th are one and done. You, if you die, you're you're out of the match. But time makes a huge difference in this. Like, if you do not have enough time to make it around to the different areas of the map or to find the clues, uh, then you're, you're sunk. So even with four people trying to do it, yeah, it might feel like it's an advantage for you to be spawning back up, but... Not too much. Fifteen mm-hmm. seconds is huge. It's <laughs> honestly, I was like running around like a jackass. I was like, "Oh God, what am I doing?" I, I'm definitely gonna try a little bit more of this. Um, I'll probably wait until I have a, a co-pilot with me, somebody that I can kind of like depend on, or at least have them there to make sure that I'm not screwing up. But we'll have to see how that goes. Now they. It, it was a blast. It is a, it is a lot of fun. It was funny for us when I played the couple rounds. With the last round, we got the furthest. We got to round three, and then he just spawned Mr. X, and it became like, oh, we're literally sitting here until the timer runs out because we can't go out there because he's going to wail on us. <laughs> and that's that essentially what happened, is that we like, okay, we went down to the third room. We found one piece of the puzzle. There's two more. Oh, Mr. X is here. Let's all go hide in room two. Well... Now we're just like someone would go out there. Okay, he despawned. Let's go. We'd all go out there. Mr. X would come back. And the way the 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 door animation was for going through the door, only one person could do it at a time. So we would all just be jamming trying to get to the door to get the animation to work. And it'd be like, oh, first guy goes, second guy goes, third guy goes, fourth guy's getting demolished by Mr. X. Knocked yeah. down. And then Mr. X despawns. Great. Let's all go out there again. Wait, no, he's back. First guy goes. 
Second guy, third guy gets demolished by Mr. X. I'm sure that they're going to do something to try and balance Speed it out. out. Maybe. Or either yeah. your guys weren't using their abilities like they should have. Well, no, maybe. these guys, again, this was a beta time, so it was everyone just figuring it out for the first time. And yeah, my guys were like walking into every bear trap possible. Yeah, I, okay. I, the tutorial was very good. The tutorial explained everything you needed to do. Oh yeah, I felt so confident it, playing through it. Yeah, but... It was funny to see, like, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna go through this door and hopefully we all get through. And it's like, oh man, that fourth person's getting screwed. That was Resident Evil Resistance. Now let's take a beta beat down break before buckling back to the betas. Be right back. And we're back, continuing our early adopters beta bonanza. Now, these next two betas, I really didn't have a whole lot of going on with these, but I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Getty, tell me about Dead or School. Oh, God. This is, this is kind of big, Alex. I don't know if I can handle all of this. Funny enough, I saw this game, and I was like, well, this looks like a Getty Jam. So this this was I have a couple of resources for finding these betas. I have a couple of websites, <laughs> a couple of contacts. I go through a, a lot of different ins and outs. This just, one just tell it how it is. Was a random you tell ad everybody on like YouTube. hey hey guys just just give me games. <laughs> no, this was a random ad on YouTube. I was watching a YouTube video. This popped up, and I was like, well, this looks like a Getty joint. So I I emailed the guy, and he's like, oh yeah, here you go. It's like Getty enjoy i wish that that made me feel bad but it actually doesn't (laughs) getty alex is your indie dame panhandler pretty much all right dead or school so uh (laughs) i don't know where do i start guys it's give me a genre to easily describe it into a genre it's uh well it's a dead light or is it a school light it's it's a school like so it's a action RPG, but it's more 2D than anything else. You are controlling this girl, and let me give you a brief backstory about the girl for those of you that haven't uh, proofread my review on it. She is a girl that is growing up underground because uh, like 78 years ago or so, mutants overtook the surface world. And all of the people in Japan had to go underground. So one day, a bunch of kids are like, oh, screw this. I'm going to go to the surface. And mm-hmm. they try to go to the surface unsuccessfully because mutants swarm them. Oh. Lo and behold, your character bursts forth and murders a whole bunch of mutants. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you get this schoolgirl outfit. You go around. This is an anime? Uh, there, there's some anime elements, but... There's parts of it that I would actually compare to a visual novel because it has, like, story. You're trying to read through what they have to say, mostly about trying to survive in this terrible, terrible time. And then it gets sexy. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for it to drop. But not too sexy. So I'll I'll give you the sexy elements before I really start to break it down. So because, like, the joke is, like, yeah... I'm into some of the more risque games, but 
So this one, all right, the schoolgirl outfit, like if your character takes too much damage, like her clothes explode off, literally explode off in like a quick anime cutscene. And then like that cooking show. Yeah. Yeah. What, like the what cooking, cooking show. show? Is, isn't it just called like cooking? No. Uh, cooking oh Academy? God. No. Now I have to Google that. I was Googling something else and now I got to... <laughs> it's a really good anime it's not, too. It's not Cooking Mama. I know that. No. No, that's a whole other thing. Uh, hold on. Here we go. It is called... Uh, wait, that's a whole lot of animes mm. about cooking. I'm sorry. Go on. This was a bad Continue. choice. Yeah. Yep. So Alex will figure it out. Uh, no. Train of thought. Okay. So the other the other parts are the capture galleries, which so far what I've played through can be kind of like weird. So when you run into one of the characters, she's like being held down by a couple of zombies and her positioning is pretty awkward where you're like, hey, I can see stuff I might... Or maybe I do want to see you, but, but yeah. So action RPG. So what makes it an action RPG uh, is that as you're going around, uh, you have a couple of different weapons that you can use. You either have a melee weapon, a, like a heavy arms weapon. So bazooka could be a grenade launcher or like a sniper rifle for your, your regular gun, uh, assault rifle too. And you are trying to progress through and save people as you go from station station to station underground. And uh, my favorite part so far is the, the murder train that you use to navigate from city to city. <laughs> and I, I'm going to tell you, like, if you have the chance, like, YouTube this, because in the opening sequence when you get the murder train, it, like, seriously, like, plows into the station and the train, like, jumps up. And it hits a wall, and then it flattens out again. So it's, like, super comical. I don't think the game takes itself too seriously, which I appreciate. Uh, but there's there's actually a lot of different stuff that you can do between side missions and trying to find items in the environment. Is this... It's fully 3D, right? No. No, no. It's 2D. Oh, okay. Here we go. Yeah. And, okay. and at times it feels kind of like... They, they try and make it feel less 2D because in the foreground, like, they'll make zombies, like, heckling you as you're fighting others. Uh, zombies. They're mutants. So you'll be fighting mutants, and there will be mutants in the foreground just trying to, like, rile you up. And once you kill them, like, everybody just dies. It, it doesn't make too much sense to me in that aspect. But one of the, the kind of things that I feel like they cheated or stole from other games is that whenever you encounter a new mutant... Then it'll be like, a, a, like a short cutscene, but nothing too. It, it seems a little akin to Borderlands, but without like the funny catchphrases or anything. It'll just be like, "Fat mutant," and I'm like, <laughs> "All right, so what's his ability? He's fat, guys. Like, <laughs> come on. He just like runs into you. He's like, oh, I'm so tired. I've been doing this all day. Like, no, come on, man. Like, you have no excuse for this." <laughs> And then I, I think I ran into like, uh, what was the most recent one? Like a, he's a, like a quick mutant, but I th- want to say they call him like a, a stalker mutant because he like jumps and he, he's like a fast zombie. That's that's the best way for me to describe him. So hmm. far, like the combat can be pretty repetitive. Uh, the weapons they wear out really quickly because there's a durability meter on each of them or ammo meter. 
depending on what you're using. Uh, I'm still trying to pin this down. Is it like a brawler? I don't know that I would call it a brawler. I f- like a beat-em-up? There's like beat-em-up elements, but I would still just call it like action. Because once you clear an area, mm. the mutants don't reappear until you hit a save point. So if you try and like go back through the area, mm. then they'll be there. Otherwise, they're just like gone. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's definitely up my alley. Um, am I going to finish it? Shamefully, yes. <laughs> okay. But when I checked it, like, Alex, is, your favorite thing to do is to go into how long to beat, right? Yes, sir. It says, like, 20-something hours. Like, I, I don't know how this game has 20-something hours in it. That's a tall order, man. I think I played maybe three, and I made it through two of the, the different stations or sectors of the underground environment. There's probably more to it. I am definitely concerned for the well-being of all of the characters in it. <laughs> But by the way, it, it was Food Wars. Food Wars was the, was the cooking anime where if they taste the food and it's delicious, their clothes explode off. I also got to say, googling food cooking animes not conducive. No, the opposite. I now have a long list of animes I need to watch. There's one called Bartender that I am very interested in. Uh, there was one that was called uh, Patissieri, Dream Colored Pastry Chef. I'm into. There's one called Freshly Baked. I'm I'm very uh, hmm. I like cooking. Baking sounds nice, so I have some thoughts. <laughs> that, that sounds pretty interesting. Okay, uh, no, so I will try and make it through this one. Um, I don't think it's too new of a game. I think you got this for me on PS4, but it's been yes. out for it's been out for a stint on on Steam. So if you have a chance and you like to watch anime girls in provocative positions and have their clothing blown off, then like. Go ahead, but just remember, kids, it's all lewds, no nudes. <laughs> Thank you, Getty. Uh, also, also, gotta let you know, on Nintendo Switch. Mm. Hit it up, guys. <laughs> N- Nintendo Switch's eShop is surprisingly naughty. It- it's Joel, got those gal guns. Gal gun. No, I am not. I am not introducing the possibility of my children being exposed to gal I will gun. let you know right now, we have... We we're in the process. We pushed back video game homework, but I am in charge of the next video game homework. Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Dead or School thirty dollars on Nintendo Switch. Might want, I'm gonna wait for a sale. Came out March <laughs> uh, March thirteenth. Hey, if you like the kind of game where you have to hack and slash your way through, like give it a shot. It's got just some some really fun elements to it. If you catch my drift. No, it it looks very silly in a way that I'm kind of like into the anime being anime. You know, a lot of, a lot of those kind of take it ser- themselves very seriously and like that's fine too, but there is something to be said about just like close up of someone just going, "Ah!" Now nah, man, mm-hmm. check out the murder train. If nothing else, just <laughs> Joel, just check out the murder train for this game. I it's, have the I have the video pulled up, so. It's fun. Like uh, that's my like, favorite I, part of pulling into the different stations. Arona linked me that. Okay, we'll do. We'll do. Uh, but for right now, that was Dead or School. Joel, this one uh, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge on. Can you tell me about In Other Waters? Uh, yeah. In Other Waters is actually not a beta. It is a full release on Nintendo Switch. It was one of those games that came out and announced from the... Uh, 
they call it an indie direct or a Nintendo indie showcase. The one that we talked about with uh, was it uh, was it Pat from Gaming Fits? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in other waters is it's an exploration game at its core, but the idea is that you're on like an alien planet underwater, and you sort of await inside the submarine type vehicle. And you're speaking with somebody, basically trying to get your attention. And uh, is this person kind of stranded on this expedition, voyage, exploration mission? And saying that basically, like, you two are going to need each other's help to survive this thing. And what it is, the screen itself, it looks like you're looking at a topography map, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Like, yep. uh, And there's an overlay on top of it that almost looks like you're dealing with sort of dials and uh, levers and things trying like a control panel of some type and the gameplay itself is largely exploring this map by hitting a sonar button type thing that creates like an echolocation uh, span out like a Doppler radar on the screen it'll highlight certain like uh, key points of interest on the map and then it is through that it'll show you there's certain waypoints that you can go to next on the map now e- each time that you, you sort of highlight that segment once you've done the echolocation it will have like a little piece of detail about the location you're about to go to Mm-hmm. And so it'll be like a little bit of description about that part of the underwater like floor of the ocean that you're in. If there's like uh, some sort of obstruction or something interesting about the flora or fauna of the area. And then also, other than these different waypoint sections, there'll be little yellow dots kind of scattered about if it's supposed to be kind of like sea life. And you can actually scan those items too. And certain waypoints that you reach you'll be able to collect samples of and those samples then you can collect and it becomes a core part of the game too because part of the loop is also kind of discovering what each of these different types of underwater creature or uh, living things are and as you go farther into exploring different parts of the map you'll eventually get to sort of a waypoint that allows you to go above the sea level and that turns into like a menu of you following into like different subsections of your ship different options like there's a taxonomy section that lets you analyze anything that you have uh collected dna of underwater and it even has like a encyclopedic type uh record of all the things you found with little blurbs about like what the different species are what your suspicions are as to how they could live in this environment and stuff and it it has this very like scientific almost feel like they they took deliberate effort in making it seem like the people the person you're working with to explore and find out what happened uh are also taking a very scientific approach and clinical uh description of all these things and it wraps up into this really fascinating thing you're exploring fascinating environment because it it is not like nothing seems desperate it nothing is like written like the dialogue back and forth between you and this person is 
in dire straits, although it is clearly framed in that way. Because like mm-hmm. your your submarine ship thing is damaged, you don't have a way to communicate with uh, other parties that uh, might be exploring parts of this planet, uh, and your ally in this is telling you all this. But even as you're exploring and you're prefaced with all that, all the dialogue with this other person is all very like fascinated with the stuff you're finding and sort of a desire to explore more and it just really plays more into that like discovery 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 kind of feedback loop so would you say that this is like a more i kind of want to compare it to no man's sky you know weirdly enough i i can kind of see the comparisons to that or or at least like the the bare thread of what's meant to drive you mm-hmm. is similar in that way cuz like no man's sky the whole conceit was okay you start on this planet with your ship that's been busted up you get the parts to repair it so you can then leave the uh, uh planet's gravity and then start exploring so you can start getting the free of like uh, black matter or something like that uh yeah to- so you can travel to other places Right, and then eventually try to reach the center of the universe. I don't know if that it's that sort of singular like goal of you're you're going to right. I should say that I it's not like that conceit or promise that No Man's Sky had of like you can explore this thing forever and you're never gonna run out of stuff because it it seems clearly like they're funneling you towards parts of this topography map to certain objectives. And so once you get to that initial waypoint where you can sort of go rise above sea level and they've got the menus for you and stuff, one of those sections is a map that'll show you different objectives of the larger scope of the map. So it'll be like, here's your next waypoint for the next story beat you should probably go to. But also, these three or four spots here down below are like different species of animal we'd like you to investigate, gather a sample of as sort of side objectives, or at least that's what it seems like. Uh, but to move on, and I should say I'm not finished with this yet, but uh, part of it is that there are parts of underwater that have like currents or obstacles that you clearly cannot pass until you obtain an item. So one of those obstacles will be kind of like, uh, I'll call them barnacles because it's not really what they're called, but I can't think of what, but like underwater sea growth that obstructs your path on your ship but one of the things you can collect under the sea are a thing that you can drag to your sonar section of where the waypoint should be but it's blocked by and let go of it and it'll sort of obliterate all the sea life in that section and open up paths so uh weirdly enough that kind of reminds you of like a metroid where uh you're exploring areas you get blocked off in certain sections until you get the right upgrades for you to move on to the next part of the map now uh, I've been trying. I've been looking up, I guess, gameplay of this, and I kind of uh, I'm st- I'm trying to wrap my head around what is the control? Are you like a little ship? Yeah, you're basically a or ship. A point on and, a map. But but like the controls are literally just like it feels like if you were just controlling a console on like a piece of equipment or, or like on your car. It's just mm-hmm. you know you are using the left stick to sort of point in a direction in that circular reticle in the middle and then that highlights something on the map like a waypoint and then you hit a to select that waypoint 
but alternatively, if you reach a waypoint that has sample data to collect, you have to click like the left trigger button to then pull up a side menu. And then, then from that side menu, you're using the left stick to try to like go in a circle to find the dot on that side reticle that's finding the sample. And then you have to hit the D-pad up and then D-pad down to hone in on it like you're like honing in on a microscope and then hitting A <laughs> once you've done that. To See, then... that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm trying to like yes, I, wrap I my head around out. it because all the screens, <laughs> all the screens, are like, yeah, like I'm, I'm about to have a nosebleed. All the screens I'm seeing are just that control panel but you never see the ship move. You only see it on the little map display. I actually so, reached so for far. a remote too, and I was like, <laughs> so what am I? I got to I gotta do this, then this, then... And All right. this may surprise you, but I got really frustrated at the start because they do not give you hardly any instruction on how you're mm-hmm. supposed to control this stuff. That they sucks. Give you the, they give you the tiniest bit of dialogue at the start, and then it's sort of... Very much like, here are your controls. You figure it out. <laughs> and for maybe the first hour, I was dreading playing through this thing because I was like, I'm going to spend an inordinate amount of time just wandering around, then realizing after the fact, hey, I should have had this ability and been using it from the start or something. And uh, fortunately, that has not been the case. Uh, they've done a great job outside of that initial frustration of contextualizing like okay we've reached this obstacle this is the kind of thing you need oh we've you found this area that has a thing you need here's what you need to do and and they've done better at it as you've gone along what without making it feel like it's holding your hand but there was initial like growing pains of being really frustrated and and pretty pissed off (laughs) that i i chose this game to try but uh all in all it's it's become a really relaxing thing to just sort of sit on the couch and uh, have it in my hand and like there's also touch screen control so you don't actually have to use the the controller at all you could just hold in your hand like a tablet and select the different inputs that way and it works fairly well too but what you miss out if you play in handheld unless you're wearing headphones is a nice ambient soundtrack that uh has a very underwater feel there's sort of like a, a current swishing back and forth kind of sound to it although it's not actually that it's just the way that they use the music to swell back and forth and uh just lets you sort of sink into it and get into kind of a meditative state with it hmm okay so that is, so it's like a zen game absolutely yeah guys when pat was on he actually i think he was the one that said that this kind of reminded him of song of the deep did you guys play that I did not. No. Um, Same. All right. I Although definitely I, recommend it. It doesn't. It's not as in depth as this game, but it does have the underwater feel. Uh, Metroidvania trying to progress through the stages when you need certain mm-hmm. components, and at the same time, it has a very heartwarming story. So okay, just throwing it out there. Yeah. Well, I know that that game has been out for a little while now too, so yeah. so it shouldn't be too tough to find a yeah. deal on. Cheap it. copies should be pretty easy to come by. Yeah. But mm. uh, all that said, like if I know it sounds a little bit uh, involved, but uh, I I kind of enjoy how involved it is because it becomes very like you get so used to that routine that it just becomes a, a natural motion to go through the different. Mm sequences of events to to do what you want to do on screen yeah no you yeah it, it sounds it sounds 
meditative in that way that you just kind of like get into a motion and you're just like, oh, right, now I was going to do this again yeah. and this again. Once you get it into it. Like a hap- Otherwise, you're yes. just like us blacking out in the middle of the podcast. Because <laughs> yeah, dude, you start explaining and like I almost had do an this. aneurysm. I was like, oh. Do that. All right, no, so, do this. Sorry, I'll, I'll reconsider the next game I bring to talk about. <laughs> no, it was good. It was, it was just funny because like, oh, this is not a good, hard, not an easy game to describe. No, it, it was, I was thinking for a while how I was going to talk about it tonight. <laughs> No, I, I, the screenshots help. Screenshots help immensely. Uh, and it is no Sanic Ball. I've been playing Sanic Ball. <laughs> but that was in other waters. Joel, are you gonna? you think you're going to keep going? Are you going to finish this one? Yeah, I'm going to finish this one out. And uh, I will be writing a review for it, but not for us. Sorry. That'll hmm. be for a Nintendo World Report. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, well, that's uh, some straight-up monsters, mutants, and miscreants. Now they're all going to haunt my dreams. Until the next beta breakdown, why is everything so violent? All right, let's be right back. Hey, Getty. Do you want to take us into news? Hey, news. Are you making it harder to breathe in here? Because dat asthma. Get it? I, Get it, guys? I don't, asthma? I don't know about that one. Because <laughs> asthma? I, I, I couldn't read it and not laugh. <laughs> guys, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here. <laughs> I couldn't read it and not laugh. Oh, okay. All right. News. First piece of news, the PlayStation 5 controller revealed, uh, showing uh, what I what Joel tweeted out, uh, Detroit become controller. Uh, what did you guys think of the PlayStation 5 controller? For me, too pointy. I honestly have no problem with the overall design of it, and if it actually looks like it has removable plates so I can customize the colors, I'm definitely in on it. I, I don't feel like it's too different. I I guess I get the two pointy notes, but I mean I I kind of feel like it was the equivalent of wearing jeans with a jean jacket. Like I, the 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 color tone is probably what bothers me most about it. So like it, it's got the little black trim at the bottom, but most of the body of the controller itself is this sort of like Apple product white. I would say, and and then the col- the color of the buttons I think. It, contrasted with that's really what kind of grates at me because it's just that thin like gray outline look on it based on the renders or the pictures they show to people and it, it's i guess just i would like a little more contrast between the controller body and the uh buttons itself i, I don't think that sits well quick with me. quick questions here uh how often do you stare at your controller while you're playing uh, and that's why you're dead. Than I'd like to admit. <laughs> and then uh, the the color scheme. Yeah, I get the color scheme. I kind of see the like the white on white. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like I know those buttons by heart at this point. I I could see for people that are just jumping into the console generation that it'd be harder to you know learn the buttons. But I I suspect that like the actual feel of the controller will be better because it's clear that they're 
now working to more ape the Xbox controller with just the general rounder shape of the thing and, and the sort of heftier looking body of it. So uh, that I don't mind. The fact that they're sticking with the same D-pad I'm good with. Beyond that, it's just, I mean, what do you do? It's a wait and see. I, I don't I don't think it's going to be like a major bright thing for most people, yeah. but it is going to be like one of those. I would be more interested in it if it was a black controller with some like white buttons of some type or if at least like they could swap out the color of the buttons with something that looks more like the PlayStation 4 controller. I think buttons. that you're going to be able to do a lot more customization with this one. I'm just kind of throwing it out there, but it looks like those plates might be removable, so maybe you'll be able to replace the buttons as well. But I like that's a whole different thing for me. In the newest towards the end of the PlayStation and even the Xbox one here, I definitely decided to spend the extra money to get that customized controller. Mm -hmm. So it's not that hard to replace the components on it that I have. Like if I want to replace the sticks, like that's not an issue. So for them to try and, you know, cut out the middleman there and let you take a little bit more to make a bad pun control over what you're using. Yeah, I could definitely see it. Yeah, and if I'm being honest with myself, if they port Rocket League to PlayStation 5, I'll probably wear out that launch controller so badly. I, I'll probably have a need for a replacement by the time they have better color palettes out anyway. Yeah, I mean, I got the Glacier White when I upgraded to the Pro, which is like a GameStop-exclusive PlayStation mm-hmm. Pro, but whatever. <laughs> Now, I am, I've just been a very... It wasn't until this generation that I started, like, I got the Persona 5 original, like, the first game. Oh, the skin? And the skin, I put yeah. that on my controller. And so I do look at my controller quite a bit. And this is the first, like, taste I've ever gotten about customizing. And let me tell you, I had a damn near panic attack putting that sticker on. Because it had <laughs> to be perfect. Or else it was completely garbage and I had to rip it off and destroy the controller and yep. put it all alive. Yep. But... I saw Gettys and it looks real pretty, so I think I will like that. When if when PlayStation Five happens, I may just be a customized controller guy. Yeah, we'll see. You like that pink. I like the hot pink and the blue. I don't like hot pink. Like that's not my jam. But I like that you chose something that you enjoyed and you mixed and matched and made something that looks as good as you you feel confident in, and then you're like, man, this is my thing and for me I've, I've never been that kind of guy because i was always like i don't know stock's fine whatever they do but <laughs> nah, yours nah, is like whatever's how good pumped you are no trans whatever you have that translucent where it's at man especially if you can get like led lights in the translucent so it like lights up see that always felt cheap to me i don't know i don't know I, again i'm weird but when getty like has that controller and he's just like super pumped to be using it i'm on board so i think i might do something myself yeah man i can't play that uh i can't use that controller playing re3 it's making me kind of sad what when when you're mostly just playing with yourself you gotta do what you love yeah <laughs> it's true you gotta give it the uh, strong also, pull on that r2 <laughs> Also, shout out to our friend uh, Dave Rock for wearing uh, the the jean jacket and jeans to a wedding. Bold choice for a bold man. Canadian tuxedo. Yep. Next, the ESA talks break down, and now there no longer be a digital E3 event for 2020. Was there going to be? 
They had talked immediately after they announced the yeah. cancellation that they were going to work with partners to try to develop a sort of digital E3 presence, whether certain out certain like publishers had presentations. I think they were even talking about like collaborating with like an IGN or something like that. The the tweet I ran across basically reported out that the ESA did reach out to some partners, including like ABC and Good Morning America of all people. Hmm. And uh and they also reached out to IGN. IGN was just like, "No, we don't need you." Yeah, yeah, which, which is kind of like kind of brutal for an organization that's meant to be like a mouthpiece for the industry. At the same time, like if you weren't gonna go to E3, what were you gonna do? You're gonna watch right. it at home online. So if nobody's really gonna just let people do what they're gonna do. I mean, we've seen plenty of. Uh, Nintendo Directs, and then the Sony's got their own thing, and then Microsoft had one this last week. Yeah, yeah, they they basically all have their own platforms. I I'd, I'd argue some are more uh, effective than others. Yeah, you know, in, in reaching their audience, but uh, you know, they they each have their own venues, and like I think before this whole uh, pandemic thing we're going through, I imagine Sony probably would have had their own like official event maybe to announce their details but uh you know given the strange times we're in everything seems kind of in flux like it was just like on a random what like monday or tuesday they announced the controller thing just completely out of the blue yeah and like yeah they didn't really give any more details they didn't really go into a lot of information they're just like oh controller here you go (laughs) right which again like the the controller needs to match the console so yeah anyway anyway esa uh in some trouble and I'm curious to see what happens next. So you're Especially saying that, that. So you're saying the console is going to look like Glados. Hmm. That's only that's that's really the only option. It's really the only option. The the other thing that this had me thinking about was that there were some games like that Nintendo Mario thing that was supposed to the Mario All Stars two that was supposed to be discussed and information revealed at. At E3, the question is, when do they release that information now? Ar- the new Arkham game or the new Batman game from Rocksteady or the the other WB Montreal, they were supposed to discuss it at E3. So it's like, when is this going to happen now? Is there like a date? Are we all just going to pick that E3, the date is now going to be when we all talk about it or just going to be spread out through the year? Well, Alex, you, What's you the can plan, actually guys? try and like email them and be like, hey, guys, uh... <laughs> <laughs> We work for a dependable gaming outlet. Are you going to let us know when these games are going to come out ahead of time? Just, just, just give us a, just hook us up. Yeah, hook us up a little bit with some comments. You know, we don't really have any control over it. I mean, like, like Joel said, like, are uh, the they just do what they want? You know. Well, I mean, Nintendo's probably the best equipped out of all of them to like reach their audience because yeah. they have they have groomed the Nintendo fans to expect it on like a random Thursday. Why do you think all these dweebs are frothing at the mouth every week about when the next Nintendo Direct's going to come? Yeah, they're always you speculating know, so, like, oh, this Thursday, no, next Thursday, last Thursday. Why didn't this 4chan user say the right thing to us about what's actually happening? Yeah, it's just like. It's nuts, but... Is that not where you get the hot scoops? Uh, actually, uh, Newgrounds. Newgrounds is where it's at now. Oh. Weirdly enough. Mm, okay. You know, you have to, okay. you have to play uh, you know, that uh, tower defense game that you played in middle school for five hours straight and then it unlocks the secret forum. 
that just says, hey, Paper Mario my, coming back. Seems legit. My uncle and Nintendo told me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. All right, next piece of news. Uh, Last of Us 2 and Iron Man VR delayed. Yeah, we, we already covered uh, this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. You talk a lot about supply management in this space. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> supply chain management is Joel. I talk about containerization, so let's ship ourselves on to the next news segment. Nice. Uh, new Cooking Mama for Switch. Uh, th- we have exactly what was, like, we have parts of the story. I just want to say that game is in some trouble. Uh, there is some back and forths going really? on. Joel wrote here about there being back-end crypto mining software, which they are now refuting. Yep. <laughs> Damn. But also, yeah, but also, turns out they had stolen... Uh, what what did they steal here? Some of it, like there was like uh, IP that was part of the game that was stolen. Does this say that then, the publisher's uh, blaming the coronavirus? Yes. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> then on top of that, I had read that the developers were making a game and being forced to do all this horrible like crunch stuff and they didn't like the game and then the publishers just like took it and gave it to Nintendo and goes, here you go. And then the ve- the developers like were just browsing the Switch market and saw that their game was out. And they're like, uh, no. And pull- had it pulled. So so they delisted the game on the Nintendo eShop. But there are physical games still out there. So this is now the most valuable Nintendo Switch game. What? So No, I'm a not, not literally. It's just the rarity. It's probably one of the most rare games out there now. Yeah, but if you're like a collector of action figures and you find that deformed figure, like you're gonna you're gonna try and gun for it. If there's a yep. physical copy of this shit show, I mean that's that's kind of golden. Just don't use it because <laughs> because of the crypto mining. <laughs> I, I wonder how much well, I wonder how much Ethereum the Switch's uh, GPU can process <laughs> in a 24 hour period. Uh, I am now looking this up on eBay. <laughs> oh, the game? Or um, I was going to say, like, you're trying to figure out how much they can mine off of you? Uh, 70 bucks. Damn. 70 bucks on eBay. Not even joking. <laughs> oh, here's one for $50. One bid, six days left. Hmm. Could buy it now, price. Um, yeah, they have, they have a bunch of them. The... Yeah, it's just funnier because there's so many, like, he said, she said's around Cooking Mama, which is, like, a weird like strange drama case of like that game is really wholesome and fun. And like, I don't know why we need, why there are people arguing and fighting and lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. That's a crazy one. Next piece of news, resident evil eight rumors. Uh, thoughts are that it's first person as Chris in Europe hunting witches, which is uh, kind of crazy. Getty, you played seven, right? Yeah. Didn't you? I, I watched you play. Really? I rented seven. Oh man, that game was a trip. So if it's anything like like 7, I would definitely play it. Uh sounds like it might have like a Blair Witch element to it. Especially if you're doing a witch hunt cuz I imagine it's out in the woods. Uh yeah. Jackassery ensues. I have to turn off the game after 3 hours of gameplay. You know, normal stuff. You're it's got more spiders. I don't think I don't, yeah, maybe maybe spiders like when you think witches like I kind of expect a lot of random stuff to be happening maybe you try and go through like a certain path in the woods and then it's closed off or 
you know, you walk into a hut and they're boiling a child. Yeah, just, just no Getty. It's the all spider resident. No, it isn't. There isn't a version of that game. <laughs> Get out of here. Well, Getty, that opening was in poor taste. Yeah. So I'm banning you from news. I'm going to be, I'm going to be opening now from here on out. Uh, and also we're going to be skipping the backlog blog this week, but, uh, cause we had that beta bonanza. But let's break before breaking an Easter egg bonus section, BRB. with our bonus segment this week we're going with alex's easter egg hunt where we discuss some of our favorite easter eggs and games because easter's on sunday yes because easter's on sunday thank you're you welcome the two that automatically came to mind for me was the silent hill dogs ending from uh if you got uh this if you did a couple a bunch of series of tasks throughout the game you would get uh, an ending that everything was run by dog, by a dog, <laughs> in a control room flipping switches, and they had one for every single Silent Hill, uh, the main numbered ones. <laughs> he was a good boy. Yeah. Well, if you do it in part two, you get the character from Silent Hill two finding the dog and the character from Silent Hill one, but he still got the pol- like the polygon horrible graphic shape of like from the ps1 and he goes hey i'm looking for my wife and he's like oh cool i'm looking for my daughter let's keep looking and then there's like the dog there what does the dog do when you find it oh it's just like a little cutscene, and the dog just barks and it's like cookie music and he's just flipping switches and moving levers and turns out that he was behind the yeah, whole thing he's controlling silent hill <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's the true ending it's really good game. it's worth watching it's very worth watching because it's again it's in everyone um, and then the other ones that came into mind were Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. And I kind of lump them in because at the there's a very hidden room that, that it didn't get discovered till two years after Arkham Asylum had come out. That if you bomb a completely random room, or a completely random wall, there's a hidden room. And inside you find plans that lay out how they're going to design Arkham City. <laughs> then... In Arkham City, Scarecrow isn't in it, but if you go through and do all of the Riddler trophies and hidden hidden like little pieces, you can find that the Joker is or not the Joker the, the Scarecrow is slowly building an army and getting more and more fear gas, so that in Arkham Knight it's the Scarecrow that's taken over all of Gotham using his fear gas. So you can see like there's hints at each the next game based in easter eggs and hidden hidden messages and stuff i remember hearing this back in the day that they were doing stuff like that to try and hint at the progression of the story with scarecrow you they're like radio messages and he just says like i'll be back and i'm coming for you batman and it's kind of it's kind of cool and then you find that on a boat someone tied up and fear gassed and then you find a bunch of cases of fear gas and then you, the radio message so it's kind of like creepy and hinting that the next one he'll be that's the main villain which he kind of is joel what about you 
Well, uh, Animal Crossing has an event going on right now called Bunny Day. And mm -hmm. uh, while you are doing your day-to-day -day tasks of fishing or bud catching or cutting at trees or hitting at uh, stones and, or digging up stuff out the ground, usually you get like wood or uh, fossils or fish. Uh, and uh, about two-thirds of the time now you get uh, different various Easter eggs. That's it. What do, you, what do you do with those eggs? Anything? <laughs> Presumably, I think you can like turn them into a big, monstrous, Easter Bunny-looking monster. <laughs> the start of the event, you encounter this creature that just looks like a person wearing a huge Easter Bunny outfit that describes the event to you. I, I think you can turn them in at some point for something. Sounds horrifying. I don't. I don't know. Um, nah, no, that dude's got serial killer vibes. The internet's like the internet is very angry about this stuff, though. Like, well, see, Beth is doing it, and she loves it because she likes all the stuff. Like, she has a bunny bed and a bunny hat, like an egg hat, and uh, a stool, which is just an egg, and like a clock that's an egg, and she likes all that stuff. But when she was talking to that bunny, he it looked like he wasn't blinking. Uh -huh. Oh, oh yeah, was, it's it's definitely a nightmare bunny, but like. The, inter the internet seems to be very angry at how it's keeping them from uh, collecting the normal stuff that they do when they play the game and do the exact same thing day in and day out for ever. So, <laughs> so, um, jokes aside, uh, my my one that I thought of was uh, a cool little one was Symphony of the Night. Uh, I forget if you have to beat the game first or not, but I know when you start a new game at some point, if you put in Richter as the name, you then play mm -hmm. as Richter Belmont. And I always thought that was a really cool one. Yeah. I get it. Oh, that was like the whole thing? Damn. Yep. Well, it, w it was actually uh, pretty cool because the way that you played as Richter in the previous, in Bloodlines, I believe it was. Was it Bloodlines? Yes. You, It's not conducive to playing Symphony of the Night because you level up and you get HP and items and potions and spells and all that stuff. And playing as Richter, there's none of that. It's just normal Castlevania gameplay. Right. It, it feels very stunted in movement where uh, Alucard has a lot more uh, fluidity and, and has a lot more motion to him. I wouldn't even say that because Richter's actually got a bonus move where he runs and dives and does all this stuff. It's just more the fact that his but life he, bar... But he's, he's stiff, though. Like His movement is stiff even when you use that. Yeah, okay. But... For me, it's at like that life bar. You get hit once, and it's like a quarter of your health. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Getty. All right. So first thing on the docket, uh, Resident Evil Three remake. Mega Man, all up in your face. Mega Man, everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I saw that picture you shared. Yeah, that was really good. I was just walking around, and I made a pass at the poster, and then I like had to go back, and I was like, wait a second. Is a Dr. Light on it? Yep. So definite references to Mega Man. And then once you get into the kid's toy shop, there's just like a cardboard cutout. Or maybe he's a full body model of Mega Man just hanging out. Like, But Joel, it, mm -hmm. it's, not the, it's not Mega Man, Mega Man. It's that one that was in Marvel vs. Capcom where it's like the dude from the Mega Man <laughs> 1 yeah. cover. Nice. That, that might be... I'm sending you... I, I miss weird Capcom that would do shit like that. Yeah, it's like... I, <laughs> and, I thought it was that, bad Mega Man, if anything. 
Well, that, yeah, he's got a gun and everything. That was also like pure trolling by Capcom because that was kind of at a time where they were ignoring Mega Man's existence and people were hungry for something because they canceled uh, Mega Man Legends three. Was it? Yeah. Yes. And so, the, like the next thing they come out with is this joke character of the box art Mega Man. <laughs> people were mad. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just sent it to you in Discord. See a picture of Mega Man, and then oh, the uh, yep, that's it. The other things I've been enjoying are the uh, different character costumes in Persona Five Royal. Uh, just to troll Joel, this last week I put Mona in a Teddy costume. You, you know he got less insufferable outside of the first moments, but he's still no Mordana. It's just doesn't compare. I mean, I was trying to tell you like Teddy's not that bad, but you know they actually like really helped out mona here not really like tell me to go to bed every 10 seconds Mm -hmm. at least the way i've been playing now i got i got a leg up on how i did it in the past but yeah there's a lot they like just throw dlc at you so there's catherine (laughs) stuff in there too like i've been trying to mix and match the characters that i've gotten so far it's just a lot it's so much guys i'm I'm only like 20 hours in. I got like two lifetimes left on this game. <laughs> You're further than me. And that's before you get to the extra content. No, I actually hit the extra content today. They added, Oh, that early? Yeah, they added like your own palace. Yes. Real. So you can customize uh, like your own uh-huh, hangout. Yep. And as mm. you progress through, like you can, you get like different pictures from completing different content and it's like oh you can equip this on the wall so you can stare at it every time you come in like mm, all right yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not hating this and you can actually switch which character you're controlling when you're in the palace hmm. yep so you mm. can finally just sit there and stare at Anne's booty and we shall continue <laughs> moving on <laughs> Easter eggs are fun. I like Easter eggs, and uh, Easter is always fun because I always like to find the biggest Reese's peanut butter cup esque thing I can find. I got one right now. It's the size of my fist, and it's like as thick, and it's just that chocolate coating, and the rest is peanut butter. You have to no the ra- share that. The ratio's all off with those. And that's okay, Joel. That's okay. It's gonna take me three days to eat it. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to one last thing. One last thing is where we give one last statement, one last sentence to send us into the weekend and you, the listener, into the weekday. For me, I have both Final Fantasy VII Remake and Persona 5, but I need to eat my vegetables first. I'm looking at you, Wolfenstein 2 and Creature in the Well. I'm coming. Joel? Uh, I have to admit, I'm getting a severe case of FOMO. Uh seen people talk about Final Fantasy 7 Remake, but I'm committed to not paying money for it right now, so I'll be waiting. Uh, thankfully, I have my ball and chain of Animal Crossing here to keep me warm. I'm telling you, man, Final Fantasy 15. Well, that's that's probably the real thing we're going to try to scratch my itch with, especially if it's as close to what you say it is to the, what the 7 demo is. I, I suspect it won't be too hard for me to at least get in the motion of playing it. We'll see how I feel about the story as I dive into oh, it. Oh, man. Though. You gotta be a choker, bro. Yeah, you gotta be a choker, bro. Maybe I'll know what that Am means someday. You will. Oh, you will. You will. 
I got to a spider encounter in RE3, and no thank you. So I will be trying that again this weekend, and probably quitting immediately. Awesome. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at SuperGGRadio and Twitch.tv slash SuperGGRadio, where me and Beth are going to continue our way through Pode, but I also have a mandate to play some Diablo 3. Joel and Kelly are going to continue hanging out in isolation on their ISO Island. They're playing Animal Crossing. Kevin and Sam are still enjoying themselves some Divinity Original Sin. I, heard, I checked in on them earlier, and Sam just kept yelling, Why are you in the basement? Sounds like it's going all right. <laughs> also, Kevin has officially figured out his Metal Gear problems. Turns out, he had a dusty-ass computer. Turns out you're supposed to be snating through most of this game. No, it turns out you're supposed to completely clean your computer. That legitimately was it. That legitimately was it. That sounds right. <laughs> also, on the plus side, it has encouraged all of us and inspired all of us uh, to buy thermal paste and completely wipe our computers down. <laughs> I mean, I just replaced the so, motherboard, so I'm not going to do that shit. Awesome. Hi. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the meme game app of your choice. I'm playing San- Sanic Ball, guys. Sanic Ball. Get that out of here. How do you do that to yourself? Get it out of here. It has <laughs> no place here. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. Good game. GG Getty. Good game, Alex. Good night, everybody. <laughs>